like, oh my gosh, this is like blueberry pie that I'm drinking and this cappuccino. And I tried it just straight espresso. Um, and I, you know, that's what's happening for some people. And uh, that's actually why we always try to include a variety of coffee up with the public uh, or at the cafes or the roasters because something on that table is going to give them that experience. Want to learn more about that black magic elixir we call coffee? The one that wakes us up in the morning and keeps us going all day long? And if we're lucky and we've had humble coffee or Caldi's coffee, it even tastes good. Look no further. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and this is Coffee 101, brought to you by Humble Coffee Company. Coffee 101 is your complete knowledge base for all things coffee. Listen to the show, and you'll be able to make phenomenal coffee at home. Know what in the world your barista at your local coffee shop is saying when she throws these big words at you like, oh, the body in this blah, blah, blah from Kenya is phenomenal. Or troubleshoot basically any coffee dilemma that arises. Coffee 101, the show for the coffee curious. If y'all remember from the previous episode, we talked about technically how to cup coffee. You figured out what coffee cupping is. And now we're going to continue our conversation with Andrew McCaslin of Caldi's Coffee Roasting Company out of St. Louis, Missouri. And this is an important one. Wouldn't you agree with me, Katie? Oh, yeah. This one is like when when people... This is... Okay, sorry, I just, I get excited. I get excited. Hey, me too, me too. So this one is about the actual, like, verbiage of, like, describing um, coffee. So fancy stuff like fragrance, aroma, flavor, aftertaste, acidity, body, balance, sweetness, clean cup, uniformity. Stuff like that. I'm honestly just still amazed that this much goes into the coffee. Because literally, it's a drink. Yeah, but it's like, it's an important drink. At least 65% of Americans drink Drink at least one cup a day. So it's important. That's more than Mountain Dew. That's more than Mountain Dew drinkers. And and think about what an impact. Or Coca-Cola. Think about how many, like how big of a company and how much research goes into like the Coca-Cola product. Right. And there's more coffee that yeah, people drink. I guess that is basis. just like one company though, but there's like thousands of coffee companies out there. Yeah. Maybe more than that. Yeah. And they're all not as hip and cool as us. As Humble Coffee. As Humble Coffee and Caldi's Coffee. Oh, yeah. As an aside. And all the other people that have been on this podcast. Y'all are all great. Y'all are. Or otherwise, honestly, we wouldn't have you on here if you no, weren't like subject matter you're experts. You're cool if you're on here, pretty much. Yep, yep, something like that. Hip, yep. That's a good. That's a good year age word. So um, today we are going to go over these cool words, and uh, Andy's this is back. <laughs> not Andy. Big Andrew. A. Big Andrew. A. Big A is back. Yes, he is back, and he is. I'm trying to think of something that rhymes with back. I would say back ready and to better attack. Better than ever. Oh, he's he's back in black. He's back in why is what? It's coffee. 
Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and you probably, this is That's probably lost hilarious. on you because you're younger than I am, but ACDC, Back in Black. Yes. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah no. Okay. All I know about ACDC is Thunderstruck. Yeah, I don't even know I that. I think it's by ACDC. I'm sorry to all the people, ACDC fans. Y'all are probably like squirming in your seats right now. Yes, but that's okay because like I don't, I'm not as familiar with bands that you know. Like, um, what was that one you showed me the other day? Was it the Valleys? Oh my gosh, Valley. Valley. Okay. Okay, I know no one else that knows about. Okay, that sounded really. I don't like how that sounded, but um. Valley, I think they're out of Canada. I can't like find. <laughs> I don't even know. I can't even. But you like them? I do like them. And I can't even find stuff. their band on the internet. Like yeah. they're just. I don't know. Yeah. It might just be a Canadian thing, but it was just like randomized on my playlist one time, and I was like, "Oh, they're kind of cool." And then so you, now they're like one of my favorites. And then you have introduced me to Happy Landing. Happy Landing, Ben Rector. Ben Rector. We need to have him on the services. show. The we services. Do. We do. We need to. Okay. I feel like he'd be a coffee drinker. Okay, Ben Rector and Ben Happy Rector. Do, or, y'all are if y'all drink coffee, own. or even if you're coffee curious, just hit us up. We'll have yes. you on the show. It may not be season one, but we'll eventually have you y'all on will sometime. be on here. Yeah, we'll find you. Okay, so let's jump into our conversation with Andrew. Andrew, good to have you back. Hey, thank you. It's really good to be back. And today, last time we talked about the basics of cupping coffee. So now all our one-on-oneers out there, they are experts. They're experts at cupping coffee. And yep. uh, what they don't know is like the jargon. Um, and this is a really important part of it because like we talked about in the last episode, it's it's kind of all about standardization um and so you and i are going to we're going to go through those words like flavor and aftertaste and acidity and what that means and um you know um stuff like that but before we get started you said you went to texas tech that's right yeah so i went to mississippi state university and we (laughs) currently have mike leach that's all right. I know it as our as our head football coach. So, so do you have any like you know, God bless you? Like any kind of thoughts on uh, on on having him as a coach? No, I I mean, I I think you're you're lucky. We that was Tex Glory days when we had Mike Leach. Yeah, because yeah, wasn't it Michael Crabtree? We had yeah Graham Harrell, Michael yeah. Crabtree. That was the year we well not you know during that time. Tech had been getting better and better. You know, we were, we finally became contenders at one point. We were ranked, ranked number highs, like two in the nation. That's awesome. And then we, and then we got beat by Oklahoma, I think. Well, I don't think, I don't think I'll ever forget, um, you know, cause I'm, I'm, I love sports and uh, seeing Michael Crabtree like make this like stutter move, like, um, you know, running down the sideline and a guy was running after him. And he just like stopped and the guy just, just like, I mean, like he, I mean, if it was basketball, he would have broken his ankles. Like it was, uh, it was just yeah. a beast, beast of a move. He really but, was. He was great. And he went on to have a pretty good career in the NFL too. Yeah. Well, um, 
Well, so I was just curious. So the so, but that that doesn't have anything to do with coffee. Let's talk about coffee. So All last right. time, last time we talked about the basics of cupping. One other thing I wanted to add to our discussion is, or and I wanted to get your thoughts on this is, um, we talked about the exact way to cup and how we cup for. Uh, quality, but also predictability and what's going to eventually go into the roaster as well as what comes out. And, and, you know, you used words like sample roasting, which is what I would call going in and then production roast. I mean, uh, production cupping, you know, which would be uh, checking the quality of what's coming out and the consistency. There could be coffee companies out there that are doing it a little differently and and my thought would be i'm okay with you doing it different as long as you do it consistently and you have multiple people there and you're all calibrating with one another and as long as you have your protocol um i think that's okay what do you think no i agree i think uh a lot of different companies are going to have different things that they like to focus on or um, maybe they even just need to simplify a procedure. I mean, that's basically what we've done with our production cupping is there's no way we can do five cups per sample for yeah. all, all 35 to 50 rows that we did the day before. Uh, so we do one cup per and we have a zero to three scale and everybody on our cupping team knows what a zero means, what a one means, a two yeah. and a three. Um, and it helps inform us, inform us as to how we should change a coffee or, keep a coffee because we're happy with it or maybe we've stumbled upon something a uh, profile that works even better than our reference profile and so you know that's how we kind of go about we have our little score range we do one cup per but then you know we will kind of go back and cup those coffees again uh, uh, later in the week yeah i'm um, just kind of seeing how they hold up well and yeah. I, I would also i would also think that like okay if you had all of those coffees on the table and it was one cup per and you had a cup that was off, um, you know, then I would bet you're probably going back and like maybe doing an extra cup or two, um, just to make sure there's not something specific to that, um, cup, you know, like in like, let's say it's from Rwanda and it's got a potato defect or something like that. And just making sure, um, you know, that it's still okay or it's obviously not okay. Yeah. Well, one of the things I'll do is, if it's a production cupping and it's, you know, I'll separate it into roast defects and then things like that, like green defects that maybe have gotten through, you know, yeah. it's potato, then that potato, that can be tough. Um, but if it is, you're right, we'll just cup it again. But if it's a roast defect, that's whenever I'll, I'll, I'll taste it and I'll go look at the profile. I'll see kind of what, what's going on. And if it's, uh, you know, and then I'll talk to the roasters of like, you know, Hey, this is what we're tasting. And, and really it's more of a, it becomes a learning opportunity at that point because we can kind of see mm-hmm. with our exact roaster, you know, what's causing these flavors that are leading to things like hollowed out, sweet, no sweetness, flat. Um, and we can, I, we kind of go over what it looks like on our roaster when something stalls or um, is baked or whatnot, but yeah, we'll taste it and then evaluate the profile and see how we can fix it. And then we'll cup again. You know, another thing that I have seen in uh, cafes, and um, I, I mean, I like this idea, is um, having customers come to a, you know, quote, cupping, 
and it may be too cumbersome to have you know a bunch of people with a bunch of spoons and a bunch of you know the we you and I are calling cowboy coffee equivalent um on the table as opposed to maybe having um several different origins or different roast levels and just having it like drip or brewed and giving them all a spoon as far as the logistics of balancing education with how difficult it is to to choreograph or put on something for a bunch of people yeah you know we we actually do a public up at fri- free every friday yeah so Ever in St. Louis, or you know, somebody coming through, we we do a free public cupping, awesome. um, and we actually take them through the whole process. Yes, it is much more difficult when there's you know seven plus people coming in, um, but we'll take them through an actual cupping, um, and you know we'll kind of pick four or five fun coffees that we want to put on the table, a couple blends, yeah. some origins. But we'll we'll actually do a regular cupping. Um, during COVID, of course, everything was canceled. We didn't do anything. Right. Now, um, post-COVID, we're still kind of going through, and we have kind of different cupping procedures for things like that uh, that hopefully make everybody else feel a little safer. Um, right. And sometimes that might be a tasting rather than a full-on cupping with spoons. Instead, everybody will get their own bowl, and then they can use that bowl to put different coffees in as we kind of go through the lineup. Yeah. No, that's good. And I really – I mean, like – I. Honestly, like I, I just I geek out on the education part anyway, but it it brings me joy to like bring people who have never been to a cupping or have never had coffee side by side, like just have them come and like try and like see see those like you know alarms go off in their head, like see it see their eyes widen and being like holy cow, you know this does smell like blueberries or I do see the difference in a medium and a light roast. Um, like, I, I don't know. I love that. I love it. Oh yeah. I mean, th- really that's probably how we were turned on to coffee too. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I know the exact coffee, uh, you know, whenever I was kind of get leaving high school and we went to this, it was actually the, the shop is still around. It's called sugar Browns. I love yeah. it. I remember going there and trying my first Ethiopian natural. Um, this this gentleman named uh, Nat Long, he was like a, a barista there, and he he's moved away now, and he's doing a, other other great things. But gave me this natural process. I tasted it, and uh, it was actually not through cupping, but through espresso. Yeah. But you know, it's the same idea of like watching yeah. people taste it. That was me too. Where I tasted, it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like blueberry pie that I'm drinking. And yeah. Just kept- and I try to just spray espresso. Um, and I, you know, that's what's happening for some people. And uh, that's actually why we always try to include a variety yeah. of coffee yeah. up with the public uh, or at the cafes or at the roasters because something on that table is going to give them that experience. Yeah. My, um, one of my, one of my big aha moments was uh, uh, somebody had a Kenyan on espresso. And, um, you know, so, very citrus, you know, forward. Um, and uh, I I got the espresso and walked away, took a sip, and I was like, this isn't coffee. I don't know what this is, but this is not coffee. And um, it was obviously a lot better than 
the coffee that I had known. And, you know, that was it, you know, as far as, um, you know, moving forward. But speaking of moving forward, let's actually talk about what we're going to talk about. Let's talk about the cupping attributes, the language of coffee cupping. So I'm just going to go kind of down the list. And I know you alluded to in the last episode, fragrance and aroma. Um, do you want to go into that a little bit as far as some of the differences? Or And I also have like literally, um, you know, I can... I can or may, depending, you know, uh, read, um, you know, what the SCA uh, defines some of this stuff as. Yeah, you know, I think I always try to go. So if I, especially when I'm training new cuppers, I, I really do. I'll stick to uh, a lot of the definitions given by the SCA. Right. Uh, to start. Um, and so that's kind of where I like to make sure we start. That way we kind of have that same basic understanding of those key terms during cupping that we need to know, we need to focus on, and we need to evaluate. So, you know, yeah, if, you, if you'd like, yeah, you can get, go ahead and get that breakdown of what the SCA has. Yeah, so um, for fragrance, when we talk about fragrance, we're talking about the smell of the dry grounds. So that's when you grind your coffee, that that smell is the fragrance. The aroma is whether you're cupping or you're just talking about your pour over or whatever. Um, that is when anytime that you have water basically in contact with the grounds, that smell you're getting is what we are calling aroma. And the SCA does kind of break it down even further. And I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to go into that much detail, but, um, but that's that's probably the two two big things as far as delineating that. Exactly. Yep. And so that fragrance and aroma, you're evaluating it as a cupper. You have those three distinct, just like you said, dry, then wet, and then of course you're when you break the crust. Right. Uh, and you know, in terms of language or like, what does it all mean? You know, you're really trying to evaluate what the qualities of those are. Correct. Yep. And at the same time, you're going to be evaluating the intensity yep. of too. So, you know, depending on what your past experiences are with intense smells, uh, that would give you a good idea. You know, like a, like a, you know, the skunk in the road is going to be a three. It's going to be a highly intense, intense smell. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe like uh, something that you've cooked in the past. Think of think of it when you are. Put, putting together a recipe and you just want a hint of say time and you add just a pinch to your recipe well that might come off as one in the overall scheme of things because you're really wanting it to just be a really uh, a, a note that's just kind of there in the background yeah. um, so maybe that kind of gives people an idea of the range of intensities that you can get so whenever you're evaluating that you know you write down your qualities and then how intense that fragrance slash aroma is, you're also going to kind of denote what that is on your, on your scoring sheet too. Yes. And when we're talking about the scoring sheet and when we're specifically going through this language or these attributes, everything that Andrew and I are going to be talking about, um, there would be a score associated with that so that, 
when we ultimately, like in the last episode and in a lot of other episodes when we've talked about coffee scoring, um, that's where we're saying this is ultimately leading up to you know, a score of 85 or a score of 87 or a score of 83. Um, so that's, that's, you know, where that comes from. So let's talk about flavor. So flavor, I think the SCA defines it as like the coffee's mid-tones, uh-huh. uh, which I always found to be a little bit confusing myself. Yeah. I um, agree. So really just think of it as what is that coffee's dominant or principal taste attribute or, or character yeah. uh, from the first time you taste it, that first pass to the last pass. Like, What is it? Is it nutty? Is it chocolatey? Is it citrusy? Um, or is it even more specific than that? Or is it a combination of things? Um, and so that's how I always have looked at flavor. Now, whenever you, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so uh, yeah, I think you're right. It, I have also always found it a little ambiguous um, and difficult to quantify. Um, and, you know, and so it's not, Unless something is really lacking somewhere, it, it's it's not uh, something that I really can nail down a big difference on a lot of um, coffees. But it's it it's like you said, it's a little bit of everything from that initial you know slurp or sip, you know, to uh, after you've swallowed and 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 even that kind of uh, aftertaste. It's that entire. Um, evaluation um which includes the intensity the quality and the complexity um so yeah one of the things just to go ahead when i'm talking with a new cupper is you know i don't know if you've ever had this but like you know they'll have a ton of notes and maybe a low score or they'll have a few notes and then a high score on a coffee and that again is another learning uh experience or uh <clears throat> it offers us a time to kind of discuss because, you know, when you're really looking at flavor, sometimes, yeah, it might be a little bit just vague on the surface. And so one way I try to break it down for new cuppers is, you know, if you're tasting a coffee and you're getting a ton, a variety of tasting notes mm-hmm. and, you're actually, and they're all distinguishable, you know, that's probably going to be a higher scoring coffee, mm-hmm. a coffee that you're getting kind of, more general or vague tasting notes that are also, and there's fewer of them. Um, and so I'll kind of use that idea of flavor to start to talk about maybe how we should score that. Yeah, no, I agree. And the way that I have always thought about it or the way it makes the most sense in my head and the one oneers out there, they have heard me say this before is I think about like literally like when I taste that coffee, like, how many bells and whistles are like going off in my mouth. And to me, that's kind of the complexity um, and the more complex uh, tends to be, you know, those higher um, scoring cups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, so, you know, flavor is one, I mean, it's one of the bigger, it's the first thing that you're really getting all the way to the last thing. And so, you know, as long as you kind of go in there and you know, it's that coffee's predominant flavor, or characteristic from beginning to end. I mean, that's a great way to kind of start. And then, yeah, I don't know if we can, you know, there's always more examples to be out there, had out there in terms of 
you know, how to score different types of flavor. Right. Uh, I could go into how, at least how I see that if you'd like. Go for it. So, you know, one of the things like we were kind of mentioned earlier, you know, if your, if your notes are chocolate, citrus, nutty. Yeah. And then you have other coffee from the same, you know, say they're both from Colombia or both from Mexico. And then on that coffee, you have dark chocolate. And then you have orange, orange zest. Right. And then you have cashew or hazelnut. Well, that coffee, you should ideally probably score higher right. because you're getting those very more specific, distinguishable flavored notes as its predominant characteristic. Um, and so that's a way I kind of always try to explain, talk to people about, you know, why does this coffee score have a higher score in flavor than this coffee? Right. Yeah. And, um, and we've talked about that before in that, like if, if a coffee from a certain area you expect and certain processing, you know what it should be and you usually get milk, chocolate and peanuts, you know, but then the next time or one time you do it and you're getting Baker's chocolate and, um, you know, plum and something else that's, you know, close to, but not peanuts, then yes, that's, but it's from the same area, same processing, same farm. That's going to, that should score higher. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Let's talk about aftertaste. So, you know, aftertaste, honestly, for me, is one of the, the things I love. Yeah, uh, me too. And pouring, just that what's left on your palate. But, you know, it's basically just the length that those flavor characteristics um, stay on your palate. Yes, and uh, if they're pleasant or unpleasant. And if they're pleasant or unpleasant. And then, you know, and then what is that intensity as well? Um, and so for me, you know, whenever I'm trying to talk about aftertaste, I'll, you know, is it a long, pleasant aftertaste? Is it a short to, to medium, unpleasant aftertaste? Yeah. So those are kind of ways I'm just describing it in general. And then I do try to always make sure I'm writing down a few more specific qualities that are emanating from my palate um, to describe that aftertaste. Yep. And just as a random side uh, public announcement here, uh, 101ers out there, don't be intimidated by this stuff. You know, this is this is stuff that that y'all can can do. And uh, we're not we're not actually making this stuff up. Um, You know, it is it is um, it is coffee is more nuanced uh, than wine and several other things that that we drink. And so there is a lot of stuff. There is there are, there are a lot of things going on, um, but you can definitely wrangle it in. So don't don't be intimidated by, you know, the mastermind of Andrew McCaslin. Oh my goodness, that's very <laughs> that's very clever. That's that's what everybody I've gotten to everybody to believe at least. Yeah, exactly. Stick with us. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and you're listening to Coffee 101. Okay, I do this every once in a while, but I wanted to use what we usually would use as the promo time to just say thanks. Thank you all for listening. Uh, We appreciate all the great feedback that we get for Coffee 101, and thank you for letting us into your ears or your lives. We appreciate it, and uh, we love spreading the coffee knowledge. Yes. Do you agree? Yes. 
and uh, it's fun for us, and um, we hope that um, you're learning a little bit about coffee. So yeah, just wanted to say thanks. We love all of you guys. We love y'all. If you ever see us in public for some reason, please come and say hi. I love take meeting a new selfie. people. And take a selfie with Katie cool. because like <laughs> because like that would embarrass her. Um, no, but I do want to throw a disclaimer out there. I'm not usually this, like, sarcastic and sassy. It's only when I'm talking to you. <laughs> it's, like, only when I'm talking to you. Like, otherwise, I'm a pretty, I mean, I'm, like, a, She's I'm nice. a pretty nice person. Yeah, but and like you, when you're I'm, talking about the Coffee one ers You're not talking about how sassy no. you are to me. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about me. I don't know. <laughs> it, it just always comes out in this environment. And I'm sorry to any of you who are annoyed by my nonstop sarcasticness. It's just the environment. It just make it just brings it out in me. So uh, it makes for a better podcast. Well, yeah. All right, let's get back to our interview with Andrew. All right, let's talk about acidity. Uh, right. So acidity, I, I, you know, one of the first things is always like, you know, we're not talking about pH. That right. Make sure. So when people see acidity, we're talking about it through the the lens of like gustatory sensations, right? Like what are you tasting? What type of acidity do you perceive mm-hmm. uh, from this coffee? Uh, so basically an acid, the acidity can range from low intensity to high, mm-hmm. just like some of the other qualities that we are looking at. And then the type of acidity can also vary. Um, so, you know, if you are familiar with your acids, it might be things like citric acid or, Malic acid yep. commonly equated to like green apples is one of the, the flavor characteristics people will associate with that. Or is it tartaric acid? Um, and then you have things like acetic, phosphoric, so on and so forth, quinic, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I try to, you know, simplify things a little bit. And so I do like to equate things with fruits, um, even though, you know, technically each fruit exhibits a variety of organic acids involved, right? right. However, um, you know, if I'm trying to explain to somebody citric acid, then we'll taste citric fruits. So it's the same thing in, in cupping. When we're talking about acidity, in part, we're talking about what type of acid are you getting, mm-hmm. what type of acidity or types of acidity. So citric like oranges, or is it like lemons? Malic like green apples or uh, other said fruit that exhibits a lot of malic type acidity. Um, tartaric, such as like grapes, um, so on and so forth, right? And so I'll kind of try to break it down to that. And then at the same time, how intense is it? Mm-hmm. So if we stick with the citrus fruit example, is it like biting into a lemon or is it like drinking lemonade? You right. Know, each of them, they're both citric, they're both going to have a predominant flavor of lemon, but one um, is going to be unpleasant, such as biting, uh, well, for most, like biting into uh, a lemon all by itself. It's going to be tense, going to be drying, going to make you pucker versus something that might be really nice, like drinking uh, a nice cup of lemonade, which is going to have that sweet little bit of complexity to it, right? You get that really nice lemon flavor. So um, you're, you know, when equating that back to coffee, well, that lemonade, that type of acidity is going to score higher and it's going to be a little less intense than raw lemon or, yeah. uh, you know, which is going to have a high intensity, but it should probably score lower because that type of 
acidity is going to be unpleasant. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, another, um, another way to look at acidity, uh, one of oneers out there, if you ever have a chance, uh, on a cupping table to like cup, say something from Indonesia, probably not a PNG, but so, uh, something otherwise from Indonesia versus something from Kenya, um, and think about acidity, um, you're going to tell what acidity is um, because you're going to taste it very upfront in the Kenyan most of the time, you know, all things being equal. Um, and you're not going to in, you know, Sumatra or something like that. So I agree. that's another way to um, kind of get a feel for like, like what it is. Okay. Let's talk about body. So I'll go ahead and jump in and then um, I'll, you can, you can kind of follow um, up. So when I think of body, um, I, again, there's something, you know, and maybe I don't use enough enough words, but I, I think about it almost as a complexity or a, um, um, I, I was going to say roughness or leatheriness, but there's, it's a, it's a heaviness, um, I guess I'd say in the cup. And so one way that people who aren't in the coffee industry, I will hear them say when they are actually talking about body is they will say that coffee is bold or they'll say that coffee is strong. And um, usually they are talking about a darker roasted coffee. And um, as roasters, we usually tend to think that in general, the longer or the deeper we go into a roast, the darker we roast it, the, the more body comes onto that coffee. Um, so yes, you know, in the darker roast, that's a good example. So in my example previously with the acidity, so an example here to get a good feel for body, maybe having a dark roast and a light roast on the table so that you see almost um, depending on how light it's roasted, almost nobody, um, especially if you're cupping it on day one, um, and then you'll see some body, a lot of body, or what others may call boldness or, um, you know, a strong cup on the other end on that dark roast. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one of the things that I use when we when I first started learning about body and shout out to counterculture when they came out with their flavor wheel, yep. uh, you know, was when they at the, uh, on the flavor wheel itself, they had a little extra section and it was like light, medium, heavy, and they broke it down. Um, and I noticed they use like, like dairy a yep. lot in it. Yep. And that's kind of how I started to associate body was like water versus skim versus 2% versus whole milk versus, uh, half and half versus heavy cream. Yeah. Uh, and so that for me is what I started kind of using to give myself an idea or uh, of different types of body out there um, in both mount, how they feel on the palate, but also weight. Yeah. No, the, um, yes, the SCA has a flavor wheel and, but also, like Andrew said, shout out to counterculture. They, they have a wheel as well. And on top of the flavor wheel itself, they have these additional, um, you know, areas, um, that they describe. And, and one of them is, is body. I've actually got it 
um, here in front of me. So usually when we cup, we will have both of those out um, for people to like, um, you know, visually look at, you know, whenever we're actually doing the, the oh, yeah, cupping. Do. yeah, yeah, just because I think it helps, um, you know, especially people who who don't know. And we'll talk about after, it's actually I think after these episodes we're doing here with Andrew with Caldi's Coffee, but we will talk about what the flavor will is and what that means. Um, yeah, so I'm just gonna I'll, I won't say anything more about it, but but it is pretty cool and and you know there's a lot of fun stuff that we can talk about with the flavor wheel. Um okay, so let's talk about balance. We just talked about body. Let's talk about balance in the cup. And before you say anything, I will say that um most recently when I was a coffee roaster finalist for the US, they made note to tell us that in our scoring, balance, and the next thing we'll talk about, which is sweetness, we're going to count times two in our final scoring. So, obviously, at least for the SCA and, you know, the associated championships with them, like, this is something that's important. So, let's talk about balance and and sweetness. Well, so, the easy way to explain it at the same time, it's the hard way. It's just that it's uh, how how all those things that you've just scored come together, right? Yeah. The culmination of everything that you've just scored. Um, so, you know, is that cup of coffee, when you taste it, um, you know, does it, does it work in a very cohesive way or yeah. is it very erratic? Do the so puzzle pieces fit? Yeah, yeah. So let's say if I cup a coffee and I know that it has a really high acidity but a ton of potential, well, when I roast it, you know, one of the things I might need to do is tame the acidity a little bit so it works better with the rest of the qualities that that coffee has to offer, and that would be creating a more balanced cup. So maybe you're trying to elongate the roast to mm-hmm. increase sweetness and a little bit of that mouthfeel to help counter or work work well with the acidity or is that coffee um all over the place right so maybe the acidity is so high it makes you pucker it makes your mouth dry a little bit and so it detracts from what you're trying to perceive as body um or sweetness right yeah so this one is another tough one and for me you know when you're really looking at balance this is where um, cupping with others, um, learning from others. I mean, not just cupping, but learning from those that have become come and have been cupping for a long time, uh, and then asking those questions, and then building up a backlog of coffees from that origin over and over, right? And, and being able to draw on that experience comes into play with with these types of categories because you know you need to taste what an unbalanced coffee is. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it. So, you know, that's especially with the roasting competition, which I, I've, I've been a part of for years. I was unable to score this year, but, you know, judging is what I've been doing there. And that is a, a one when I'm giving uh, 
feedback on scores. Mm-hmm. People are asking me questions, you know, balance. Those are there. Sometimes it's hard to explain exactly how you want. Um, but that's, that's one of the things that's tough about it, but it's also challenging is, is me learning more and more about true balance of coffee and learning how to just talk about it. Um, and so one of the things I like to maybe try to do is, uh, if you have like bring out certain coffees that they've tried, you know, so if you have a, uh, an African coffee or say in Ethiopia with a really nice light tea like body, um, but the acidity is kind of lower and it doesn't really, it's not really bright and, um, kind of, uh, lively, like Mm -hmm. a Ethiopian coffee is typically known for, um, but it's still pleasant right? Yeah. Uh, it's still a pleasant coffee. Well, that body, which is a nice, it's a good body for an Ethiopian coffee, that tea-like body. I mean, that's, that's an origin characteristic you might find in many. And let's say it's really nice, but then because that acidity is so low, let's say in how lively it is, um, even though it has origin characteristics to it, let's say you get a little bit of like apricot or mm-hmm. um, something malic and citrusy in there, but it just isn't quite lively enough to really complement that coffee as a whole. Well, then your score should be lower yeah. for that type of coffee. Well, um, well sorry, I know it's kind of long-winded. But. No, 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 not at all. Um, and so I, I had two thoughts or comments. I, well, I'll, I'll give I'll give you and my our one hundred oneers out there uh, comment, and then I have I have a. Uh, I guess a question or thought for you. So one thing that I do for humble coffee uh, to help me consistently and for um, our team to consistently understand what, um, what a coffee should taste like when it's balanced is, you know, I, I can have my coffee all the time. So I usually have a couple of different, um, either subscriptions or just random one-offs where um, I am bringing in coffee from roasters around the U.S. that I know for sure, you know, are doing a good job. I know they know what they're doing. Um, and, and that that really helps me, um, you know, to, to, I guess, understand that that balance and see if there are gaps in what we're doing. Um, my thought or question for you, and I have probably trouble with the difference in, like we talked about earlier, flavor and balance. And the best way that in my head it makes sense is like um, if flavor is like a, 50 piece puzzle then balances like a 500 piece puzzle yeah yeah you know it's just like the flavors kind of it's, it's not really a dumbed down version of balance but um there are different aspects that are more subtle i think that you're looking for in balance that you may not be necessarily looking for in flavor i agree i agree yeah I think that's a good way to put it too. Is that that analogy of the puzzle pieces? Yeah, uh, it lends to how how complicated or complex it can be for those who are learning. Yeah. Uh, but the good thing about the puzzle is, over time, you're putting it together, and at one point, you will arrive at the finish. Right. Uh, it, it 
absolutely something that you can accomplish. It just takes time and patience, and you you will learn to truly kind of start to discern a balanced coffee. And you know, if you ever obviously are scoring it, then you'll learn how to score it as well. Yeah, you know, and so for for me and you and for um, Daniel Lopez and and other people who are our coffee roasting friends, the um, we we have to do that you know, understanding balance well on the back end and cupping to always give ourselves feedback as far as um, uh, if we are doing the best that we can with the bean that we have been given. Um, and then for the, for the consumer, what I would say is get coffee from places like Caldi's um, or Frothy Monkey or Onyx Coffee Lab or Black Oak Coffee Roasters um, or Mother Tone Coffee Roasters, you know, or Mastra, you know, out there in the world. Um, and there are a bunch more, so y'all don't give me hate mail because I didn't name you. Um, and and learn from them, you know, what, um, you know, what a good cup of coffee should taste like. Um, okay, let's talk about sweetness. Okay. Um, so sweetness uh, in the cup, right? And so when we look at sweetness, you know, one of the things that you're really thinking of here is, well, how sweet it is, and then how complex is that sweetness? And so I always kind of run through the gamut of think of your everyday white table sugar, uh, taste it, you know, and basically how sweet is it? And does it have a complexity of flavor? And then, or is it something like, raw sugar that you might get out of the packet, light brown sugar, golden, dark brown, or is it even more complex like that uh, than that, right? Um, is it more like a caramel-like sweetness that's been broken down a little bit? A little bit of that Maillard reaction has lended some complexity to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of how I start to discuss sweetness um, when I'm talking about cupping and evaluating coffees. Um, you know, and so basically the intensity, what type of sweetness, what complexity of flavor, and then, you know, is it, is it pleasing? Is it a pleasant quality overall? Right. Uh, and that's how I'm looking at evaluating it. Um, now I know with SCA, they don't actually have like a score scale, like a sliding scale on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's going to be by cup. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing five cups, you'll have five little boxes on your score sheet and you'll click off each box for every cup that essentially displays sweetness, that pleasing sweetness in the cup. And for, for our one on out there, what I would say is if, if you're, well, two things, one coffee has carbohydrates in it or sugars in it. Um, but you're thinking, you know, I'm drinking this black. There is no sugar in this. When we talk about sweetness in the coffee world, the best um, kind of primer that I would give you is if you ever get, and, and we've already talked about the different processing methods, if you're ever able to get a coffee that is a washed coffee and a natural or a dried coffee um, beside each other that are lighter roasted, um, chances are there's going to be more what we are calling sweetness in the natural. 
um, or even if you get into some of these, you know, weird new ones like the anaerobic and things like that. So that that's the sweetness that that we're talking about. Yeah, it's not the sweetness of like high sucrose laden or high sugar content type foods or desserts or things like that. Right. So let's talk about clean cup. Well, clean cup and uniformity. Let's let's just hit them both because because at this point, when you're actually, I feel like when I'm actually cupping and I get to this start hitting like sweetness and then on from this point in the cupping attributes, you know, I start scribbling faster because I feel like I can get through these um, yeah. a little more. So let's talk about clean cup and uniformity. So, you know, your clean cup that's actually referring to always going to be referring to kind of any defects in the cup. Right. Which defects on, on our end are going to be, if it's sample roasting, that's going to be um, issues with the green that we got in. And I guess that's true for the production roasting too, but it can also be, um, you know, a roasting defect. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, I told yeah. So clean cup. So that's really all it is, is, you're looking for defects and it's the same way it's or kind of the same way that um sweetness is right so it's going to be the five boxes and each box is going to be worth two points so for every cup that exhibits a, a clean cup you're going to check your box off um any cup that ex- exhibits kind of a, a negative quality though that actually is not going to get a check right um, you will not check that box and then you'll lose two points from it. And and, uh, and on that hundred point scale, when everything falls between we'll say eighty three and eighty nine, that's that's a lot of points. Two points. It's a lot because and, and you know, I could be wrong on some of this stuff, but you know, typically if you're marking off on a clean cup, that might mean that you have a defect. Most likely it should mean you have a defect, right? Yeah. Uh, because if you if one cup it tastes like band-aids. Well, you're going to have to mark it on clean cup because that's not a clean cup. It's a negative flavor. And then you're also going to have to mark that on your defects. Right. You're also going to mark that on uniformity because it's also not uniform. Yeah. So let's, and let's talk, let's talk about uniformity. So, well, let me tell you, I'll, I'll actually tell you what I think about uniformity. I don't know why, but every time I think about uniformity, um, you know, this random song comes in my head, like, which one of these is not like the other ones? Which one of these just can't get along? Um, and um, and it's basically like, like, what's the odd man out? Is is there in these five cups or whatever, is, is there one that just tastes different um, or smells different or, you know, whatever? Um but to your point, I think it's very important to also say that if there's a defect, then you're getting knocked off in several areas, clean cup, uniformity, and, and possibly some other areas too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So once you find the one that does stick out, it's not like the rest. Yeah. If it's there, yeah, so uniformity. I mean, right, basically it is, you know, are all of these cups tasting the same? Yeah. Uh, and if they're not, yeah. then – one of them is going to get marked down. Hopefully it's not due to a defect uh, because if it is, you know, then you're marking the rest, clean cup, and you're marking the, you're marking the defect, whether it's a taint or a fault. So you're, you're going to have to take a lot more from that coffee. 
if it is marked off the uniformity and then that happens to be a defect. But yeah, uniformity is just, do they all taste the same? Right. And so last category overall, what are your thoughts? So this one is always, I, I, I swear, I can't remember where I read it or who told me, right? But some people refer to it as like the cuppers correction as well. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. That's a way, good way to say it. That's for you to give your opinion on that coffee. Um, so if you really like the coffee, personally, you really like the coffee, but um, you didn't find kind of anywhere during your scoring mm-hmm. to give it, to reward it, I guess, or yeah. to really make sure you knock that score up a little bit. Well, that would be where you could go in and that's where your kind of your own thoughts and your opinions matter um, with that coffee. So not to say that they don't, but that would be where at least on this cupping form, you'll kind of be able to offer your own opinion about this coffee. Right. Because like, you know, like a good example would be that if um, let's say something is not by this standard balanced, um, but what it does in the cup really is like, hmm, you know, I really, really like this combo. Um, you know, then yes, that's where, um, you know, you can, you can kind of compensate, I guess, a little bit. I, yep. and, and usually, I, you know, I'm not saying I'm cheating, but uh, I don't know if you know, but I usually know kind of just looking at my numbers kind of where I am before I throw that last score in. So I'm like, you know, if it would have been like an 84, but I'm like, man, this is really like an 86, um, you know, then, you know, overall that might be where I, you know, put a couple extra, you know, random marks. I'm not saying I do, but I'm not saying I don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I know. To be honest, overall it is tough because, you know, if you haven't scored a coffee well, there should be a reason for that. Yeah. So if you personally like it, then it's just, it, 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 it's like a, it's an odd head on collision of like, do you just like a bad coffee? And that's okay. If you do, right. If you score something out high, really, you don't see that hot happening very much. I don't know if you've had it happen too much. Usually, you know, to your point, if you have a coffee that's 84, but you, you do know like, man, I really enjoyed it. And you move it up like that. That happens probably every one, every once in a while for sure. But I never really run into too many where it's like an 82 and I want to bump it to an 86. My, my own appraisal is of an 86, right? Right. Uh, so usually I find, and maybe your experience is a little different, but that overall, you know, it's, it might be a little variable from the qualities and characteristics I've been scoring it at, but it's usually going to be pretty close. Yeah. Um, and so I might, you know, if I'm cupping Ethiopians, I'm like, oh, I really like that one that had this dried apricot and it was really balanced. But, you know, so I need, I didn't reward it maybe where I could have a little bit more. So that's where I might kind of add that on from my yeah. scoring sheet um, is on that overall section. Uh, in the end, though, you know, for everybody else out there, it's really just kind of think of it as how everything's coming together. And it's the the cuppers correction or their own kind of uh, appraisal of that cough. Yeah. Well, okay. I have a final question before I let you go because, okay. because Caldy is a legend 
as far as coffee goes and your um, logo has a goat in it, do they require y'all to have like a goat tattoo like somewhere? When we were... Yeah. I, a few people have gotten a goat tattoo that have worked colleagues. Really? It is not currently a requirement. Okay. Uh, currently not a requirement. Currently a requirement. But, you know, standards and policies are always being evaluated. Right. Always <laughs> room for change. You never know. You never know. That's, that's right. That's right. not. So. Well, listen, it was a pleasure to have you. And for all our 101ers out there, uh, go check out. Uh, you can see the link in the show notes. Or you can just look up Caldi's Coffee. That's K-A-L-D-I. And if you don't know the legend of Caldi, then go back and listen to our history episodes where we talk about that. Because it is a legend. And uh, somehow, amazingly, uh, when... Uh, this little St. Louis coffee company started. That was not a name that was taken and that they could just, you know, use. And so um, it, it's a very it, recognizable name. The name is fair game. Yeah. It's not, you, you see it everywhere. We, we see other call these coffees pop up from time to time still. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, but y'all are the, y'all are the one and only you're the dominant one. So we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Well, well, thank you for having me. I, this was a, a lot of fun. So. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a blast having you, and and I think it was um, it, for sure helpful um, for coffee drinkers everywhere. So uh, we enjoyed having you, and uh, we will see you next time, Andrew. Absolutely, thank you. I, I uh, would love to come back anytime you need. All right, take care. So now we know. Now we know. We, when people start using fancy words like body and acidity, we actually know. I just feel so, I just feel prepared now. Yeah. Whenever I just know new words like that you learn in school or whatever, whenever I like hear them or like read them, I'm like, I know what that is. And I just feel like a whole level cooler. So now all of you can too. Yeah. So you're welcome. Yeah. We just, as Katie anticipated in the previous episode, we have leveled. We've leveled your up. coffee game up. Maybe like five levels. Yeah. Because this, this really was an important one. And I'm glad that of all people, we got Andrew on because he knows what he's talking about. And um, he takes this very seriously. And so, you know, he was able to kind of really go into a lot of detail and explain it. So I'm glad we had him on. Yeah. Big A. Big A. Not Andy. <laughs> Big A. Sorry. Next I'm time sorry I see if him. I offended you by that. I, I apologize. I just. Next, just, next time I see him at like a, uh, a conference or he, he may even text me after this and I'll be like, Big K, how you doing? I'll be like, yep, I know that he listened to oh, it. Oh, yeah. So. He called you Kenny. 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 Yeah. Some people call me Kenny, but I go by Kenneth or Big K. I'm just Katie. No, Catherine. Just Katie. There you go. All right, thank you all for listening today. We appreciate it. And we want you to follow Humble Coffee on social media stuff, particularly Instagram. Instagram. We're trying to build the Instagram right now. Yep. And um, we're actually thinking about, thinking about, and y'all could 
Leave us a DM and tell us what you think. Let us know. Uh, we're thinking about dropping Twitter and maybe adding yeah. TikTok. TikTok could be good if you yeah. can. Do I just feel like Twitter's going active. out. Twitter, it, it is. No one yeah. uses Twitter. Like, I remember no. I downloaded it last year. I don't know why. I was just like, hmm, I'll get Twitter. I've never opened the app. Maybe one time. Yeah. So, we don't want to spread ourselves too thin as far as the humble coffee and the social media we use because we want to hone Focus in on specific on, ones yeah. and do them well. Right. Um, so, anyway, just a thought we have. So, you yeah. can at least follow us on please, Instagram like, if and we Facebook do take and Twitter talk, right now. Please send us ideas. Yeah, send us ideas. We would love to do some. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and sign Katie up for some crazy uh, dance videos. <laughs> no. And stuff like that. Nice. And, and if you're a business out there and you're looking for coffee. Uh, Hit us up. We'd love for you to talk to us at Humble Coffee and uh, see where we can serve you. So until next time, we love y'all, Coffee 101ers. Peace out. Peace.